Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of the Sunday Night Q&A. Thankfully, there's only a few of these left, and not because we don't love doing them, but pretty soon we're going to be having the show that's supposed to be here, which is the Steelers post-game show, and you know, you'd rather be talking about games, right? So, once again, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Very first time I am sharing a microphone with Greg Bedevit. And if you don't know Greg Bedevit, he is from What Ian's Talking About, Thursdays at noon on the audio only with Kyle Kreiss. And if you don't know who this guy is, you got to know soon because check it out. (laughs) One of my favorite shows on the network. Just a whole lot of fun. Greg, welcome to the YouTube Facebook side of BTSC. Oh, thank you for having me, Brian. This this is a hoot. I'm glad to finally have been able to uh, make it here for the Sunday night thing. So, you know what? For those that don't know who you are, let us know who Greg Benevent is. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in Pittsburgh. I uh, just uh, lived on the north side for a long time until uh, I was in the first or second grade. And my folks moved me out to the suburbs. I was unbelievably lucky in that my great great uncle got season tickets from the chief himself. Uh, and gave them to my grandfather and then my dad. And then, you know, I had those growing up. So, I mean, despite being, uh, uh, you know, growing a very video game nerd child, I was at all of the games. And, of course, it was as many formative experiences as you might imagine. And, um, yeah, I went to college. I moved out to Los Angeles and uh, out here. Um, you know, I I, I, I like Kyle. Uh, I'm also a stand-up comic, uh, you know, actor, writer. I do have a day job. But all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, so this is, but 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 of the things I do in the course of a week, uh, what Jen's talking about is easily one of the most fulfilling, one of the most fun. I mean, I, I Kyle and I were just talking about we've been doing this for almost exactly a year now, and it's hard to imagine a time when we didn't or imagine not doing it. And I got to tell you what, from the start, I loved it, and I was the guy that got to listen to your demo tape. And the demo is completely different. You guys weren't going by Kyle and Greg, and we've never talked right. about that. Right. That was his idea. That was his idea. We talked about that. And it was my – actually, I'm, I'm going to jump in and say it was my idea to say, hey, let's go with your real names. Yes, That's, that was a I, good I, idea you had. <laughs> I didn't love the character names. I think it was one was – you were season tickets. I, I was, it was Kyle came up with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I forget, I forget his was, I think his was like the Tomlin Homer and mine was like Mr. Season Tickets, which is bizarre because we both live in LA. But I think it was, I, I know what Kyle and I both had, it, it, the fear that both of us came to that from was that we were terrified that like by making fun of social media, we were going to be like inundated by trolls and people showing up at our houses and hacking our bank accounts or whatever. <laughs> and yet it's been nothing but love since we started this, no matter who. We make fun of and how. So I mean, it's it's you were so right to have us use our actual names for this, Brian. And, it was um, actually it was actually Homer de Tomlin. <laughs> what his that name was. Right. And I listened that to sounds like I'm, Kyle. This is great, but I just don't love the names. But hey, like me, like everything, you should have. You know, I do a show called Bad Language, right? I don't think I did. I'm so bad okay, about checking so, up on these things. Okay. All right. You've got some work to do. You've, you've got clearly but Monday at noon, bad language, but the very first episode of bad language, it was 
the Steelers sermon where I wrote mm. an entire episode based on what church would be. Like it was like a Kevin Colbert to the Yinzers. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. And it just did not work. Only t- Tony Defia was the only guy that loved it, but okay. you know, it, it, it just did not work. So sometimes things, you got to throw them against the wall and see how long yes. they stick. And that's, that's exactly it. And we oh, have, yeah. some, mm-hmm. we also have some BTS seers in the live chat today. Dave Schofield hey. is checking in to finally see Greg. And, hey. <laughs> and also somebody I was telling you about, this is something new. If you've noticed to our, uh, our YouTube Facebook audience, we have the Jerry Cherry Band just to start. Now, we had them on our audio-only shows, but uh, Jerry Cherry, who gave us music, and of course, he is fantastic. If you have not checked out his YouTube channel, it mm. is, I mean, man, I don't play the guitar. I would love to learn, and that's probably where I'm going to start, And but I've told some people to check it out. His, his stuff is absolutely phenomenal. I love the music. When I'm producing the shows, my daughter sings along with the songs now. She knows ah. the songs just from the clips. So intros, outros, the only music you hear here would be from Jerry Cherry. And he says, hello, Steelers fam. He is in the audience tonight, too. Oh, that's cool. Uh, a, a lot a lot of um, a lot of regulars. Uh, our YouTube audience, our Steelers BTSC Nation audience is kind of like cheers. Everybody knows your name. So it's gl- good to see everybody here. <laughs> Sherry Richards, actually. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Maybe Tony Defio wasn't alone. That sermon was the best. <laughs> oh, man, I could have never kept up with that every single week. And it was just, it was a little too, it was too over the top. But hey, <laughs> what, we're, what we're here to talk about today Please. is a little bit more about you. I, I want to okay. find out, when was your first game? Uh, my first game was, as best I could remember, uh, the Cower home game against the Oilers, the big comeback uh, at Three Rivers. I, My memory serves. I don't think they were down 20, but they were definitely down double digits in Cower's first season. At, um, and they had a, a, a dramatic comeback. I mean, I, I refused to go to the games as, as a very small child. Uh, I, I was the opposite of athletic. I think my parents tried to take me to a Pirates game in the, of the great teams of the 90s, and I brought a novel at, uh, so I could read <laughs> as opposed to actually watching the game. So, But something hit right before adolescence, and uh, I was there from uh, Cowers' uh, first season. And that's fantastic. And you are a Penguins fan too, right? Yeah. It's, I think I, I, I realized I totally framed the shot improperly. You can see this Brian Russ jersey. Uh, uh, my aunt got me here behind me. I was trying to just get the white of my apartment, but I've totally messed that up. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I was, yeah, absolutely. It's, well, I mean, also remember, you know, I just turned 40 a few months ago. So I was at the right age to be there when, the Penguins, you know, the mighty teams of the 90s and all that. I mean, I remember when I was in college and I would come back home to Pittsburgh. Uh, I went to college in Philly and they would run. And no matter how bad the teams were, they would run this commercial where Ryan Malone would talk about, you know, pretending to be Mario in his driveway. And it feels like every time I heard that thing, I would go out to like buy tickets to watch that team that won like 15 games out of 82 play. It was so, yeah. So I was at the right age for all of that. 
That was, that's awesome. My very first uh, game was 1982, and we're 10 years apart. And if yours wow. was 92, and mine being mm-hmm. 82, I could tell you December 5th, 82. Bradshaw wow. to Stallworth, I think it was 75 yards. It was it was amazing. <laughs> so I I remember that well. Big Bro Sco talks about his first game, which was just a couple uh, weeks later in that 1982 <laughs> strike season so against new england so i remember him talking about that uh yeah we we don't forget our first games and it's great mm-hmm. that you had an opportunity to go to all those games fantastic mm-hmm. um the reason i brought up the fact that you're a penguins fan as well Please. i want to ask mm-hmm. you the first question so sure. what kind of omen is it that the steelers with the first round pick select kenny pickens <laughs> with the second round pick the steelers Kenny Pickett, excuse me, with a second mm-hmm. round pick, they they select George Pickens, and now mm-hmm. Owen Pickering, the defenseman, a big six four guy, is the mm-hmm. first round pick of the Penguins. Does this mean the Pirates are going to be taking uh, Justin Pickford? I just made that name up. I mean, no, I mean it, it very well could, and you could have said you didn't make that name up, and I absolutely would have believed you. I mean, it's. <laughs> But that's also that's the other part of it. It's just you know we talk so much about you know just having looked up a little bit about this Pickering guy. It's you know you hope that uh, the good omen would be is that these guys don't all necessarily come up at the same time. That Pickering's not playing for another four years. I mean Pickens. (laughs) you know, might be at the end of his rookie contract by the time he makes it out of Wilkes-Barre. And it's, and the Pirates first round pick is almost assuredly going to be the same thing. So like, it, 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 it's, it's as good an omen. I mean, it, it, it feels like, you know, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, as much as there's all those idiots, they're like, ah, oh, we live in a simulation. It's one of those few things that makes you look at it like dogs in a fan. Like, okay, I, I guess I could buy that. So Dave Schofield is saying, down 20 to 7 versus Houston going to the fourth. That O'Donnell feels right. Two TDs to win it 21 to 20. I, I didn't think right. I remember they were down double digits. And the thing I, re, other than the thing I remember the clearest, and this might just be being a very partisan fan and all that kind of thing, is there was an Oilers fan there dressed head to toe in the blue and white. And when they were up big at the half, he walked into like the concession area pumping his fist. And 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 I, I, and I remember for the rest of my life, the times I was in Three Rivers, thinking about doing that. Like, is it like some, you mentioned omens? Is this the kind of thing like a bad omen? Is this going to you know make it bad for the Steelers through the rest of the game? Now I could tell you exactly where I was. I was in college. I I worked in the morning. Mm. And uh, at the radio station, I, I had a, mm-hmm. actually, I was like running Casey Kasem that morning. And wow. <laughs> so, but I had to do the early shift. It was like the 6am shift. And we were supposed to have a touch football game against another fraternity, but I said, but that game got, got postponed and I was upset. And we used to always watch it at my fraternity house, but I said, you know what, I'm going to go home and watch it with my dad. And I watched that mm. game with my father. So I remember that well. So let's go ahead and take our first question since I gave you the first question. Steeler Chick 46, what are we most excited to see from this year's team? What scares us most about this year's team, Greg? Uh, uh, speaking personally, I, 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 whether it's a cop out or not, I feel it's the, the both answers the exact same thing the quarterbacks. 
I mean, I, 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 I would going into this offseason, I was the most scared by it. I'm still scared by it to see what Trubisky is, to see what, you know, Pickett or Mason could be. But, you know, being at this time, we're in July, we're a few weeks out from training camp. It feels like a time, if there's ever a time to be optimistic, this is it. So I've now worked my way. I've I've either worked my way or I've been worked all the way around to I'm now excited for it. I want to see what these quarterbacks can do. I have bought into everywhere I've read someone with it, whether it, I think it stopped being a hot take, the idea that the quarterback play might be something of an improvement over last year, even uh, except maybe outside of the fourth quarter. I'm, ex I'm, I mean, this is famous last words kind of stuff, but I'm now excited to see where this goes. So, and that scares you as well? Yes, because I could be wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're good. I mean, it's, it could be, you know, I, 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 it, it's very hard to be negative again, you know, two, less than two weeks into July. But, you know, the bottom really could fall out of this quarterback thing. I mean, even outside of the idea of injuries. So, yeah, I think that's both exciting and scary at this moment. So CBS Sports did something mm -hmm. that I did not want them to do and uh -oh. rank Pittsburgh in the top five of their most improved teams this year. And that just happened this week. I believe okay. it was Wednesday when that came out. Cincinnati was number mm -hmm. five. Uh, mm -hmm. Teams like the Chargers were in there. Philadelphia was in there. Uh, there were a couple other because there's only five. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at that, I'm not a big fan of that because I no. love when the Steelers play with a chip on their shoulder and believe that everybody hates them. Like mm -hmm. that, 2000 like that 1992 team and i mm -hmm. talk about this all the time bill cower his first game was against houston and and they were a juggernaut back then and it mm -hmm. was in houston he had that that fake punt and they they went and beat them up and down and they, yeah. they beat them and sports illustrated had them a week before going four and 12 <laughs> i and did not course, know that they went 11 and five that year and the, and uh they lost in the first round of the playoffs, but that's mm -hmm. that started building that team. Absolutely. And I love it when they're going through transition and everybody mm -hmm. is doubting this team, but people are starting to take notice that that quarterback situation might be better than it actually is. So great question. Thank you so much. <laughs> Skiller chick 46 Joseph Mislajenovic. I hope that is right, but I'm going to go with it. Even though the Steelers, you think I got it? You're close at least. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Mislajenovic. I practiced it for like three minutes while you were talking about what scares you. Even though the Steelers have upgraded in most positions, Greg, do you think we have closed the gap with the top tier teams in the NFL? And that's that kind of lends to what I was just talking about with some people saying that the Steelers are improved. But do you think with the I guess we got to call the Cincinnati Bengals a top team with the right. Chiefs, with the Buffalo Bills. Do you think that gap has closed? I absolutely. I, I think the gap has closed. I think the. I, I think there's still a gap. I, I don't think they've overtaken those teams. I don't think that if, you know, they were to play in week two or even when the Steelers play in week one, I mean, I don't think that line's going to move a whole lot towards uh, the Steelers between now and then, barring some kind of injury we hope doesn't happen. But I think they've closed the gap 
but I, 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 I certainly don't think they'd be picked over those teams in a game. But I do think that, and again, optimism runs wild during, you know, uh, the dog days of summer here. I don't think it's crazy that, hey, they could win a game against one of those top tier teams in the league. And it wouldn't, and it wouldn't have to be, and like for them to win the game, it wouldn't take like, you know, the series of cosmic rationalizations ahead of time that it would have taken for them to beat the chiefs last year or, you know, the bizarre things that would have had to occur for it to happen. They very well could go out there and just beat one of those teams on horrious cliche. There is on any given Sunday, should that happen? I think they're in a place where that could happen. I think the gap is closed. I do think the gap still exists. All right. We need to go ahead and get some more questions in there. So throw your cues so we can give you A's and we'll be glad to do that. So right now, while we're waiting for some questions to come in, I just mm-hmm. got to bring up Brian Brown, big friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And he just says, I want you to comment on this. Cincinnati Please. can kiss it. Yeah, I I, I, I concur, Brian. I second this uh, motion it hereby passes and um yeah i i i as much as i you know don't like the bengals and i'd certainly love to uh, make fun of them in their own stadium i'm afraid of heights and every time i see someone go down the escalator i always get a little tightness in my chest because it just doesn't seem like a safe situation particularly in cold weather i can't see where they are below that it just seems like it'd be easy to topple over that drunk anyway none of that's what you asked brian cincinnati can kiss it indeed <laughs> How bad is your fear of heights? Because my wife is not very height friendly. Uh, oh, I know. don't like to park at the the top of a parking lot. I, you know, we're talking about Steelers game. I mean, I, I, I you know, we mentioned the tickets. It, it, those tickets are in the lower level. I don't, I've been at games. I don't, you know, if I'm going to be at the top of Heinz Field, I want to be up almost towards the back sort of area. So there's none of that like leaning over kind of stuff. I didn't like being on the top level at Three Rivers. I mean, I, I mean, I was a kid, but I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, it's, it's too many horror movies, too much, you know, things could fall over. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different kind of catastrophizing. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, it's not like, I mean, I can get on a roller coaster, but like, I don't seek it out. I see. I see. Let's go ahead and, and just say this, Joseph M- Mislajenovic, right on with the last name. So, hey, hey good right. job, Brian. That's a tough one. You did good there. So Noah Colback, I don't understand why people have us losing to Miami, which has been the most overrated team this off season. That's uh, that's week seven, and it's in okay. Miami. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I mean, I, I, I second Noah's thoughts too. That does seem like a weird game to pick the Steelers to lose. It, um, a couple things about why people might have the Steelers losing to Miami is just, you know, it's if you're just going through the six, the game, 17 games, and you have to pick a game where they lose, it's very easy to just mark off the ones where they're on the road. Plus, I also think like if you know, if someone's doing a clickbait kind of like, hey, here's just, you know, what every team's going to do. If you're going to pick the Steelers to win an upset game on the road, it's very easy to say like, oh, okay. And they're also going to lose one. They probably should win such as this road game in Miami. And um, I, 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 I also think, you know, as I just said moments ago about being susceptible to positivity here in July, I think that holds true across the league. And there's certainly people that look like, hey, Miami sure spent a lot of money. So perhaps that translates to some wins that we might not otherwise give them. All right. So something happened over the weekend, Greg. And I got to tell you, 
this is something that uh, has devastated a lot of Steelers fans and most of them female Steelers fans. So were you invited to the Trent Jordan Watt wedding? <laughs> I was not. It, uh, I've, ac- I've actually, I, I, I've walked dogs past one of his houses and uh, I, I've done that. It, that's as far as, uh, as I've gotten. I know my one aunt uh, uh, has waved to him and he has allegedly waved back. So that is the extent of my relationship with Mr. Trent Jordan at um, but yeah, I mean, I saw the pictures at, uh, and I know Kyle's going to bring this up on our next episode because he always does, but at some point bemoaning, like, look how there weren't all Steelers at this wedding. And, and I always say the same thing to him. Like when you get married, are you bringing just all of your coworkers? That always seems so strange to me, but well, and, I, um, I think you talked about that something like that the other day. Okay. Yeah, it's because someone because someone else got married or someone else had a thing, and it's just that that that's always a bit strange to me. I mean, I, you love your coworkers, and and it's obviously being a football team is not the same as working in the, the you know the department store, but there is still the end that these people are colleagues, you know, and it, it's it's you don't have them absolutely everywhere. But yeah, I I I, I was not it. Uh, it looked nice. I mean, I saw the pictures, but it didn't look like you know it happened on like a moon space station. Like it looked like a very nice rich people wedding not like oh someone here was actual royalty like it was a wedding that happens in this dimension you know you know what i uh i almost invited you know bill cower to my wedding in 2007 (laughs) but you know we had way too many people he would have loved it because we had an open bar and karaoke so it it was great i did get (laughs) injured and I was completely sober at my wedding, but I got injured. Wow. I, okay. Ironic doing karaoke because injured. Well, when I do karaoke, I kind of I kind of uh roam the stage in like oh, okay. I, you, you, I, I do you use theatrics. The okay, yeah. So I, I was doing the uh, Prince slash Madonna crawl and I oh. tore some ligaments in my, my foot. And yeah, I was completely should have been there for this. Yeah. yeah, I know. And ironically. You're never gonna guess what the song was. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously it's the Prince Madonna thing. I mean, uh, for pure irony's sake, I'm going to say like a virgin. No, it wasn't. It was hurts so good. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's a good choice, uh, and I can also see how that would lend itself to a certain level of uh, theatricality as well. Yeah. So, and actually, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield have seen it because they saw it back in January at my 50th birthday party. <laughs> Which I I did it in front of a live band though, so that wow. was uh, that was wow, one of my pocket dude. list things. So I, I finally okay. got a chance to do that. I I would have sent you an invite, but uh, you know I don't think we met each other yet by a good fifteen years. Oh yeah, well the wedding, but no to the oh, oh, party. Oh, I, oh, I you met <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, yes. No, I, I just, I should have actually listened versus just jumping in there. Yes. Well, and, that'll uh, be my time machine thing. I will invite <laughs> you if I get a time machine. Anthony T, mm-hmm. no relation to Mr. T. Sure. Yeah. Hey, do you, do you know Mr. T's first name? I mean, this is one of those things I read once. We used to do bar trervia every Tuesday night. Uh, I, I do it every Monday before, night and we totally had this. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm I sure I got it wrong the then. Know it. Lawrence. Go. Because his name is Lawrence oh, Payne. Oh, right. I, I, it's one of those things. I'd heard that and I'd got it wrong then. Yeah. La- Larry Larry T. Uh, hmm. No relation to Coach T or Anthony T. So do you think that the Steelers picked Kenny Pickett first round to let him sit? 
behind an average, if not below average, Mitch Trubisky? And how close, with parentheses, do you think mm. that that competition is? Boy, I'd really like this question because this is one of the more interesting ways, I think, um, you know, uh, talking about picket sitting has been phrased. I, I, I like it. What I like to think, and I certainly am not privy to anything, but that the idea of picket sitting behind an average Trubisky is acceptable. The idea of sitting behind a below average Trubisky is not. So I, 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 everything, I mean, how many, it's interesting because I feel like the attitude that Anthony's pointing out here has been parroted so many times in the media, just phrased a different way where they can get into that conversation of like, what game do you think Kenny will start by? And it, 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 I think they usually say like by week four or five or something. That's a le that's a more direct but less interesting way than how Anthony phrased this question. So for that to happen, it's, you know, barring injury, it's Trubisky starts average and then ends up below average by that game. And then they move Kenny in. I, 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 I wonder about how close the thing is just because everyone says the same thing. Everyone says the same thing about how Mitch is far away ahead of everybody and, you know, and Kenny barely got reps in the minicamp thing behind Mason. I, 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 I do think they went into this with the idea of like, we'll probably start Mitch. We'll throw as many resources at quarterback as possible. And um, yeah, I, I, I would wonder if just in the interest of, you know, things maybe not always being the way they're reported. I wonder if it's a little closer than people think, but uh, I do believe they're committed to the idea of Mitch starting as long as possible until he dips too much into the below average, like Anthony T here said. You know, I really think that this is supposed to be his year, just like it was supposed to be Alex Smith's year when Patrick mm. Mahomes was a rookie in 2017. And mm. I think they're playing, I mean, they, it's an insurance policy. Yeah. Really, because you know it's just to let him let Kenny Pickett learn, and if it gets to the point you have to bring him in, like hey, that was kind of the plan in 2004 for Ben Roethlisberger. Right, right. He wasn't supposed to start until Tommy got hurt. Yes, it was that. So, that that's exactly right. So there you go. So we're not going to talk about uh, Kenny Pickett here, but Tyler Barr says rookie you're most excited to see. So besides Kenny Pickett, which might be I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just the obvious answer. For I, I am excited for Pickett. I've heard too much. I, I was initially, uh, uh, you know, poo-pooing the pick. I, I remember I was driving around listening to the draft, and, you know, you could practically hear the Steelers media chanting for that, uh, uh, what's it, Travis Jones, the, uh, the nose tackle that ended up going to the Ravens when they picked Pickens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to hear because I – you know, it's, I like to think I'm not susceptible to hype, but I am. I'm susceptible to hype. I am a human being. I live in this world. I want to see this team do well. I have heard way too much about how many amazing things Pickens can do. Pickens can do. I have seen too many of those clips where he just, you know, throws that Georgia Tech guy around and then catches touchdowns. He thinks where he seems to float in the air. So, yeah, I, 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 I have totally bought in one way or the other, and that's what I want to see. Hey, the Steelers have had bad guy wide receivers from Georgia before. I believe, I don't know. <laughs> I heard the, this guy, Heinz Ward, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but Heinz wasn't Rich... doing that jumping over dudes <laughs> like Pickens. That was a different time. Yeah. Oh, he did jump over a dude. Remember in the Philadelphia game in 2004, right. he jumped, he leapt over a guy. Oh, I remember he that. Did the, the mocking with the wing. Oh, I'll never, I'll never forget turning to my father and saying, I think T.O. is yelling at Donovan McNabb. 
like that's one of those happy like it's just just one of those like where were you when it happened kind of things he they showed it on i was at that game they showed it on the screen yeah it was great i I remember yeah because we were on it oh man that's that's like that's happier than like multiple christmases like that was (laughs) such a lovely memory yeah, the implosion was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's stick with with this because Sherry mm-hmm. Richards is asking, who are the Steelers' six wide receivers this year? Of course, mm-hmm. Pickens is one of them. And mm-hmm. we we know that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are definitely, they're the other two. That's three. Mm-hmm. Now, your compadre on what Ian's talking about on a show with me the other day said this was bold and bizarre predictions said that that mr ca3 calvin austin the third could start the season on the practice squad which means that you will never see him in black and gold if that happens so i i respectfully disagreed with him i i I, i've done the same i've done the same (laughs) So. so we'll put ca3 on there too so who would be your other two I mean, it, 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 it's, it, if we're to start the year, I mean, I'm reading that into Sherry's question, you know, it's not, it, it, it's just, unless something really happens, it's hard for me not to see them put Miller out there. He has that rapport with uh, uh, Mitch. He's been around this for a minute now. It's not like he just walked into the team. I, I, I can absolutely see him a, 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 as one of those guys. I think they'd like to get just something else to get Mitch a little more comfortable. And the six, uh, I go back and forth on this, and I've done it with Kyle. Uh, Kyle has worn me down to the point where I, I, I'm willing to give Miles Boykin a look. And, uh, you can tell how enthused I am about this by what I've done with my hand and my head. But um, but yes, that is uh, I'm willing to go that as six. But as you can tell, I'm not exactly locked into that chair. Yeah, so he's he definitely loves the Boykin, uh, the Boykin thing there. So mm-hmm. let's go rapid fire. Sure. State of the Steelers outside the quarterback. What position are you most looking forward to seeing in training camp or preseason? Uh, I, I, outside a quarterback, I'll go inside linebacker. I mean, I'm not sure how much they're going to use Jack. I'm not sure how much they're going to use Bush, but I feel like you kind of got to use them at least a little bit. I mean, it, it's Bush kill coming off the injury, Jack being new to the thing. I mean, that those might be, I, I, I mean, sure. They might rest them for all three games, whatever. But if they're out there for any amount of time, that's utterly fascinating to me. Cause that feels like that could be as important as any other position. Bernardo Bernardo Vasquez, not to dunk on Big Ben here, but don't you guys think that his departure kind of lighthearted the mood around the quarterback room and the team in general? Tomlin looks excited and Mason looks loose and cool. A thousand percent. I could not agree with you more, Bernardo. I mean, I, I and I, I've talked about this on what Jim's talking about. I mean, it's I'll never forget that story where it was when AB was still on the team in the Post Gazette where they talked about Ben would get on the phone from one end of the locker room and call AB on the other end of the locker room to turn down the music. And I remember thinking like, these guys are hall of famers and all time great players. And I would not want to work in this environment with either. I mean, that's, that is a tough colleague to work with. So yes, I think everyone's a little bit looser, uh, not having, and it's not a dunk on him. He's a man, a hall of famer and has a very clear expectation of how things should be. But you know, you, you know what it's like when the teacher's out of the room and now the substitute teachers here, we're all a little bit calmer. And I think that's sort of how some of this has crept in. Very interesting. I love your take on that. Fantastic. 
Anthony T is back. How crucial is the loss of Tuit? And what does this mean for a recovering Alu Alu? I, I, I tend to, I didn't think Tuit was going to retire. I sort of got blindsided by that. I think they got a little more blindsided by that than they put in, than they thought. That might also be my own emotional state. I'm projecting there. It, um, I, 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 so now, because now you have two guys that are recovering between Ogunjobi and Alualu. I mean, it's, it's, I think, I think, I think it affects it a lot. I think the defensive line will be better this coming year because it would almost more or less have to be mathematically. But I, I definitely think it could be something that unfortunately could hold the team back depending on how those dudes recover. Bernardo Vasquez, which current Steelers player is more likely to organize a beehive bachelor party for TJ? If you don't know much about our shows last year when we were talking about the Steelers not being at St. Vincent, we found a Latrobe gentleman's club called the beehive and we talk about it a whole lot. Uh, people think that I frequent it. No, I have never been there. So who do, who do you think would be the guys organizing a bachelor party? Well, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, the true answer to this is Juju, but he's gone. So I, I, I Juju could put together an amazing bachelor party, but I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me not to go. So, I mean, it's, you know what, there's two easy answers here. The easy answer is Chase seems like a man who knows how to party. I, every, <laughs> whenever I see him somewhere, he looks like he's having a good time. He's partying. But the clear answer here is it's his brother. Derek also seems like a guy that at least has some idea of how to party and also knows how TJ would enjoy a party. Now, TJ's idea of a wild bachelor party may be people sitting around a table tersely looking at each other and sipping Cokes. I don't know. But I think Derek could also be the guy that could put together the bachelor party. Well, you know, after lap dance, <laughs> TJ's going to need some oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Steelers freak. Derek wasn't invited due to lack of protection. <laughs> <laughs> That is a lo- I also love the avatar for Steelers, Rick. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sherry, I'm going to answer this one. Sherry sure. Richards, I'm totally upset Elsie Greenwood is not on the Hall of Fame veterans ballot. I don't get it. Do you? No, I don't. I am crestfallen. There's one guy that deserves to be there, and it is Elsie Greenwood, or as he would say that the Elsie stood for, lover cool. <laughs> Who is going to wear the green dot? George Teston is thinking either Minka or Edmonds. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I remember last year the entire controversy of Schobert, you know, basically got off the uh, his Uber, dropped him off at South Water Street, and they gave him the dot as he walked in. And uh, I actually shows you how little I know about these kind of things. I was unaware a guy in the secondary could wear the green dot. I would like to think Mink is the guy wearing the dot, but that's, again, coming from the fan perspective of, oh, that's the guy that seems to know the most about what's happening out there. Uh, I, I mean, if I had to pick who I would want to wear the dot, I, yeah, Minko 1A and Edmonds 1B. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't up with, you know, Jack or Bush, which is sure is what they want. It's um, but yeah, I I I think you kind of nailed it in terms of who would uh, wear the dot. All right, my man Britsburg Owen, a there's, there's not, Owen. I, That's someone I know from Facebook. Yes, I got a guy who was actually on this show before and who has done stuff for BTSC and will again. Oh. Would you offer Joe Hayden a one year deal? That's interesting. I you know I kind of would. I kind of would too. I mean, it's it's easy to. I mean, I would throw out the obvious caveat. We're like, well, how much does this one year deal cost? But you know, uh, if 
if one of these undrafted rookie running back guys shows that they could be the other back, if somebody really cheap falls off, I mean, it's not my money. So yeah, I, if, 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 if it doesn't preclude you from having enough resources to fill another hole or to keep you from getting something else, I think that would be great. Joseph asks this, if allowed one more question, if things don't go well on offense, do you think Matt Canada lasts the whole season? I'm going to jump in with absolutely. That's how they do business. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to even piggyback on that. I'm agree with you. They're going to leave them the entire season. What may change and we wouldn't find it out for months and or years is to have responsibility stripped behind the scenes. If things start to go truly awry, I mean, they could take some things, responsibilities from him or go around him or, you know, I, I could see that happening. And by see that, I mean, we won't see that happening. We'll find out about it in someone's tell all down the line. So here's a comment. M.Marcus39. Yep. Y'all quit sleeping on Mason. I, you know, I actually agree with you. I don't think we're really sleeping on Mason. Just the fact that when you bring in two other guys. When you bring in the top free agent quarterback at the time, which he was because the other big names that moved were in trades. Mm -hmm. And when you bring in the first person selected at the quarterback position in the draft, then that means that the team is obviously looking elsewhere. But no, I, I, and Brian Brown says, you know, I definitely think that the Steelers are going to, give some snaps to Mason Rudolph because whatever the situation is, he might end up in there. And you know what? We are going to have to go ahead and trust him. And there's, you know, he's your whipping boy now, but if he wins six straight and, and uh, takes you to the playoffs and does well in the playoffs, then he's a hero. And some of us are hypocrites. Oh, well, one, a couple things. One, all of us are hypocrites. And two, he doesn't have to win in the playoffs to be a hero. He can be a hero if, you know, there's some injuries or Mitch doesn't play well and Kenny's not ready. Mason's a hero if he comes in and wins two or three games. I mean, I, I think the idea that, you know, I, I, I think they were very reticent about clearing a lane for Mason, but I do think they're going to give him a chance to win this thing. If he goes in there and does whatever he does behind the scenes or even in the games and blows everyone away, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they give him a chance to be the number two and all that. I think, you know, I take them at their word because you hear from everyone else how, how honest they are is that they are going to give Mason a chance to win this thing. So yeah, I I I I I mean I personally am not sleeping on Mason, but I mean again, it's one of those things. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they do trade him for a seventh round pick. I also wouldn't be surprised if they hold on to him all season so you don't have the duck situation again. That's absolutely absolutely because you know that duck situation that kind of snuck up on on them, and a lot of people don't realize that we were begging, fans were begging to get Mason Rudolph back at the end. And if, oh, it yeah. were, if it wasn't for, was it JC that's, or Finney that stepped on his foot mm -hmm. and got him hurt, you would have seen more of Mason Rudolph and they could have made the playoffs that season. He looked good in that Jets game until he yeah, got hurt. He, really he did, looked yeah. genuinely good in that Jets game. What else are you talking about? Back in the Steelers were begging the XFL to get Landry Jones back. I mean, people forget how that thing went. Like... <laughs> I wasn't begging the the. XFL. Well, no, no, no. We weren't. No, you and I weren't begging for Landry Jones. Begging's a strong word, and obviously we use hyperbole and you know and purposes. But yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, this is uh, the last one. It's not a question, okay. but I got to bring this up because I think it's brilliant. 
Bernardo Vasquez one more time. Don't care that they're offensive players. They should split green dot duties between Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. Please don't ban me. No, I'm not banning. I'm gonna. I was gonna say, yeah, we're applauding. This is this yeah. this is the kind of thing I tell Kyle on my podcast with that. Like, if you're gonna post something on social media, this is where the bar is. This is the standard. None of that like negative crap. Something that's a fun play on words. This is the standard you should meet. Something fun that's not obnoxious that kind of sticks in your head for a second. You could see reply. You were saying to somebody at work or at a dull moment in a phone call or something. That's the kind of thing to post on social media. Yes, dad jokes, and that's a dad joke to me, basically. Dad, right, it's a, it's a dad joke, but please don't ban me. I think elevates it just a little bit. A dad yes. joke is to just say that and then just let it lay there. Like, ha, I squirted milk in your eye. The please don't ban me implies a humanity behind it. What's your favorite dad joke? Oh God! I mean, I you know, I I, I don't I don't have one because it's always one of those things. Like, it, whenever I try to say something funny, I mean, I'm old enough I can use a pressure luck reference. But like, it's you know, I I always swear to say something like I'm going to say a dad joke, and it'll be like the whammy will come up, and it's <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 I, I I was ready for the Steelers question. I wasn't ready for the dad joke question. Do you have a favorite dad joke? I'm just going to keep banting. actually. I do. I do. Please, if, please if save you, me here. If you pay two dollars and forty nine cents. For a slice of lemon meringue in Bermuda, and you pay three dollars and fifteen cents for a slice of cherry pie in Barbados. What are they? Uh, is overpriced? Those are the pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, 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 okay. See, that, right. That, okay. Now it took me a second. All right. It's, I see. So, I mean, I've never had a good, def- I mean, not to go on about this. This is not the dad jokes podcast, but like what defines a dad joke is it's like pun adjacent, right? Or like, <laughs> or it's like, it, it's delivered to elicit a groan. Yes. Really. Okay. 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 I mean, I, I was all, okay. That's, um, I've learned stuff already here, folks. This is just my first time. Yeah. And then Gene Smith, what's a pirate's favorite letter? If it's not R, I don't <laughs> I have no clue. Let's get on out of here on that note before we start. <laughs> George, George Teston, Jerry Cherry, they're all. <laughs> oh, we were wrong. Gene Smith says it's not R. It's the C. Oh, Okay. It, 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 okay okay oh okay that's it. okay it took that. me a second i mean maybe i'm not See? yeah mentally sharp enough to catch up to the dad okay yeah no I, I, i'm there with you yeah we were going obvious and i like that swerve <laughs> there gene smith that's awesome all right we definitely got to get on out of here i'm the guy always yelling at you guys to not be long and now i'm this long <laughs> kyle resents that so much <laughs> What's that? i probably shouldn't say that but yes it's uh but yeah no no no. you're right it's it's, it's brian is the best you know principal this the, the the behind the steel curtain high school could have he absolutely keeps us at a good time limit so yes I, i'm and a nice so, principal though yes he I, is it's that uh, yeah the one that asked about your car yeah it's <laughs> All right, Schofield's in in on it now. Dude, that's the Pirates' favorite piano key. <laughs> we got so much more engagement with this dad joke thing than the Steelers question. <laughs> <laughs> 
what is but it? But that's what July is about. I mean, it's better talking about this than like, oh, who's going to be the third string on special teams? Like, this is what this is the time of optimism and fun. Like, it's there's not going to be time for dad jokes if I lose two in a row. You know, like this is the time for that kind of thing. Uh, no, actually, it was a typo. It was no. That's the pirate's favorite piano key. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, well, the dough was part of the. So, okay, I I pretended to play the cello for like a decade growing up. So, I'm like, all right. So, I was never real clear with that. All right, I I was wild. Right. That's what this show is all about. It's fun now. Mm-hmm. Something uh, something we got to talk about with you and Please. in this time slot. Well, actually, a little later on on the West mm-hmm. Coast, you guys are going to be doing the post game show. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we are. We are. We are way too hyped for that. We are way too ambitious in terms of ideas and what we'll do with it, which will hopefully be pared down by the time that happens. But yes, we are super excited to be I've doing heard... the live post game show. Oh, you've heard some of what he's has. I've heard mind? some okay. of the ideas. Yeah. Okay. Kyle's yes. Excited. Yeah. If he is indeed mm-hmm. still with BTSC at the time, because now that I now that he thinks that. I'm the mean principal with with limiting you guys on time. <laughs> well, it's also too. We don't have, unfortunately, we don't have all day to do that show. Believe me, we would if we could. <laughs> but yeah, we don't. You know, so that's so yeah, that's. <laughs> if you did that, I'm just putting you on five days a week. Oh right? man, that'd be a hoot. That'd be a hoot. But yes, no, we are super excited to do the live post game show. I mean, it's you know, and something he and I have talked about is that like. You know, we're as you probably gathered from you know seeing me talk today, or if you've heard to what Yin's talk, if you've heard us on what Yin's talking about, we are not the stat guys. We're not the people breaking down. You know, the uh, all the responsibilities of the back linebacker in the three four defense. But we do understand. But we do get the emotional ups and downs of the fans. So we wanted to do a post game show that's on the West Coast that encompasses the game and what happened, and also you know works us through the emotions of what happened during the game and after that. That's what you know. That's what brought us to this, and we're really excited to explore that in the post game context. That's one of the reasons I'm here as well because I'm more of the. Uh, I I used to make this joke, and this joke did not work. I. Uh, I used to say I'm not the X's and O's guys. I'm the uh, the O's, the ecstasies and O's guy. <laughs> Just like I'm, I'm like feeling more, more right, of that. And right. They, oh yeah. Then, then they thought I was dirty, so then I quit. So, I, I sort of wondered about that. I did do like dogs in a fan to a second. Like, wow, I didn't notice it was that kind of podcast. I just said yeah, different things it, earlier, but yeah. And, I, um, I gotta okay. work on something better. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> networking and stuff. My God. And, um, <laughs> All right. So we need you to do three things. Well, before that, you know what? Check out some of the shows that were on earlier this weekend. Mm-hmm. You had the six pack with Tony. You had We Run the North. And you also had, well, what else did you have? Yeah, Touchdown Under as well. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you're going to get a healthy dose with a very good guest. It is going to be Jeff Hartman with hey. a. Uh, with with a great guest on touched not touchdown under that's not his show on let's ride i should know the name of his show but you have so many shows i don't know how you keep this straight but yes i came up with a name for let's ride uh so (laughs) so with that and then also check out me on bad language as well so we do need you to do three three things one Stay safe out there. Two, be true to mm-hmm. yourself. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. 
For Greg Benevent, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Keep your feet on the ground. <laughs>